there's a lot of new information out there for women. And I think it's really important that we listen to our instinct on what truth is for us. Depending on what resonates with you, pay attention to that. If somebody who's a big fancy expert walks into the room and you think what they're saying is just a bunch of bunk, it's totally okay for you to leave the room and find a different room. Remember that as you're consuming, we're in an era of consuming. Information is the big one. It comes at us so hot and fast. Get into your body, allow your body to tell you what is the right way to go. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. I am finally finally producing my first online course for women. It's about the four life stages of womanhood, the maiden, the warrior, the mother, and the wise woman. We talk about how these different life stages correlate with moon cycles, that's right, the seasons of the year, and even the four functions of consciousness. It's packed with amazing, helpful, practical information, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. If you buy the course, you have lifetime access. There's training modules and video and even handouts, and you will have live calls with me and the other participants so we can share in this community together. Make sure you're on my email list so you will hear about it. That's amyfournier.com to sign up. So there you go, my friends. I can't wait to share with you all the things that I've learned that have helped me navigate through this crazy journey we're on together. Let's get to the wand. Please tell us what, what this beautiful wand is. We made a product that uh, is quite handy and everybody can carry it with them. So this is a handmade product that you have now in front of you. Mm-hmm. Into the wand you find pure, pure coherent water. And to make that water takes a year. That is put in the wand and when you're using the wand and you put it into a glass of water and then after 15 to 20 seconds, the whole glass is coherent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you've done is your team for 14 years have figured out a way to properly structure the water. So what you call coherent, meaning it's, it's got the proper shape information, it's totally in harmony, it's full of light, biophotons, supercharged, powerful, in alignment with consciousness, ether, all that is, original source. And you guys have figured out a way to put it in this handy little device. It looks like a little bit of a a pen, or we like to call it the wand because it does yield magic. Um, And it's got water in it. The water inside this little cylinder is the properly coherent structured water, which you guys made. And you've packaged it in glass and quartz so it can hold it and transcribe it. And then all you have to do is put it in your home water source, swirl it around 10 to 30 seconds, and you've got coherent water. Do I have that right? Absolutely. If you wanna purchase your own wand, which we highly recommend, you can get it on my website. I only put products I believe 100% use personally on mine. 
I couldn't get this on my website fast enough in my e-store to share with people. And you can even save 10%. You use the Amy coupon. It's on my website. Thank you for providing that, by the way. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you to be healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as harmonize your masculine and feminine energy, tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Today, my friends, we are definitely getting into your true source of power. I love this conversation. You know when you've never met someone before and you just click and hit it off? Yep, that happened on this one. This is a special one. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Now, get this. This woman, first of all, has the best name ever. Her name is Dr. Fiona Lovely. (laughs) Don't you love that? Dr. Lovely. Yes, you can call me Mrs. Lovely (laughs) or Miss Lovely. Isn't that the best? She is a gem. What a beautiful soul and just so full of life and wisdom and truth and authenticity and intelligence. I just love this conversation so much. And I know you're going to too, because we talk about my favorite things, reclaiming our sovereignty, how we can be more powerful in our bodies as women with all the bumps and pimples and warts and whatever that we don't like. It doesn't matter. How can we own ourselves and get in sync with our cycles, our lives, our minds, our bodies, and our spirits? So Dr. Lovely has an amazing podcast I want to point out to you that I love, and it's called Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast. It's a great place to start to look, to look into her work, as well as her amazing website and the community that she has built. She considers herself pretty much an expert on brain health and menopausal transition for women. So she is a women's health expert with specialties in functional medicine, functional neurology, and restorative endocrinology. Her practice focus is to find the root cause of disease, reaching all aspects of health, and making space for wellness. She's lectured on the topics of women's health, hormonal balance, brain function, and others. Millions around the world have downloaded her awesome podcast, Not Your Mother's Menopause, and you can find her work in the show notes as well as on Instagram at Dr. Fiona Lovely. So if you're interested in this type of topic, some of my other episodes you might want to hit up include episode 89, Holistic Women's Healthcare and Fertility with the one and only Dr. Nathan Riley, episode 122, Understanding the Importance of the Menstrual Cycle, Episode 202, Tired But Wired on Adrenal Fatigue with Kristen Files, Episode 93, Making Sense of Womanhood and Modern Life, as well as the Rites of Passage, one of my favorite episodes. That's 93. And lastly, Episode 161, which is a solo cast by me on the moon cycles and all the metaphysical and literal associations that we have as women with the cycles of the moon. So some of the things we get into this show, we talk about functional health, menopause, what's going on, how stress is the number one factor to determine if you're going to have symptoms with PMS, but also going through menopausal stuff that we've all heard about. We get into nervous system regulation, the adrenals, habituating stress, how we need to discharge energy, 
some tips on exercising at midlife and how, yes, it is different and that's super cool and something you need to be aware of. What's actually happening at midlife with our tissues and what's going on with estrogen and how estrogen is actually an important hormone for lubrication and guess where it starts? In your mind, that's right. (laughs) Your number one erogenous zone is definitely your mind. You probably know that. And this is a really cool part we get into too. We talk about incontinence, bladder symptoms, and particularly anybody that has reoccurring UTIs. And of course, we can't talk about women's health and mindset without getting into shame and guilt and feeling selfish and self-care because we all need more tips and tools on how to do that. I love that she gives us a bunch of what I termed Fiona-isms because she's just full with so many nuggets that go right to the jugular and right to the point that I know we're going to hit home for you. So we're going to feel our way forward in this beautiful conversation. Let's get more empowered and feel more love for our own body, minds, and spirits, as well as getting in harmony with life. Enjoy this awesome conversation with Dr. Fiona Lovely. And welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier, Dr. Fiona Lovely. I have been waiting a long time to say that amazing name. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lovely. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. I have been a big fan of your amazing podcast and all of your work and just so grateful to have found you. I feel like you are such a wonderful role model for us females walking the planet, trying to find our way, a a woman who is strong and beautiful and with an intelligent, wise voice with a big open heart, a lot of compassion, a lot of humor too, and just so many of the qualities that I aspire to, to be myself. And uh, just thrilled to share you with my audience today and to tap into some of your work and what you found. So welcome. And you are now in Canada. Is that right? Yes, that's right. I am Canadian. I went to school in the States. So I spent uh, just about nine years down in uh, between Colorado and Iowa. Um, but I met my husband down there and and uh, he and I decided to come back to Canada some time ago. So I guess back on my homeland, but my heart, my listeners too, most part are in the United States. No kidding. Yeah. Well, well, that's good because as you know, when I have my next in-person women's retreat in Massachusetts, you're going to be top on my list of guest speakers to contact. So you're going to have a a long road trip ahead of you because that's all the way across the country, right? It is. All the way to the East Coast. It is. And I would love to. Thank you because I'm absolutely taking you up on that and I promise we'll make you feel right at home and uh, you'll you'll fit right in. It'll be darn right warm and toasty coming from where you're from. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So you are a an expert of many things, all things women, in my opinion, but particularly with, with menopause and perimenopause and hormones and the role of stress, not only physically and biologically, but emotionally and mentally. You and I are, we have a lot in common in the fact that you love the whole mind thing as I do. I've always been fascinated. Yeah, the physical is important, but it's really how the mind works, right? And the the powerful effect of the way that we process stress, we perceive stress, the story we give it. But 
I'd like to just kind of turn it over to you and, and let's just share with us a little bit about the, the nature of your work and what you usually find with women and the things you really end up talking about and helping them with the most. Yeah, I mean, uh, the stress piece is probably the biggest thing I talk about in my practice. Um, no matter how women arrive at my door, whether they're here because um, they're looking for work with their brain, uh, I do practice functional neurology, which means I'm looking at the brain and um, uh, giving an assessment, kind of a, a peek under the hood, if you will. And sometimes that's an injury or that brings people in. And sometimes it's just a make sure everything's okay, a cognoscopy, if you would, if you would. Um, stress is definitely a big part of it, as is uh, nervous system dysregulation. I'll come back to that. Um, sometimes patients are coming to see, or people are coming to see me uh, to get a sort of checkup on their hormones. And we can do that too. And inevitably, that conversation also ends up coming back to stress. And in fact, I teach women to become menopause doulas. It's one of the programs I offer. And that's one of the most important and foundational things I teach for women who want to add this to their coaching careers is stress is the number one factor in whether a woman will be symptomatic in her perimenopause or not. And for those of us who are Gen X, which are we're the ones going through the meno right now, starting to be the millennials now, the, the elder millennials, um, we learned that stress is a rite of passage. We learned that it's one of the ways we, in a really weird way, um, we take our worth from how much stuff we can take on, how productive we can be, how stressed we are. It's like a badge of honor. It is a messed up badge of honor. I meant to ask you, can I swear? <laughs> you can it's do a, whatever you want, Dr. Okay. Lovely. This is a, this it is is a shitty badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. You go yeah. there. <laughs> it sure right. is. That's for sure. Right. But we were taught yeah. that, that that was what we do. And what's really interesting now is I was just telling my husband this this morning. I said, it's fascinating to watch the Gen Z kids now. They really don't put up with this the way our generation did. Very interesting. So anyways, whether we're talking about brain or we're talking about hormones, we're having the conversation about how much stress we're allowing in our lives, in our lives, in our lifestyle. And um, nervous system dysregulation is a big conversation these days. You know, there's lots of people talking about it. And I think, I think for women, the biggest conversation or the biggest sort of lesson to glean, if you will, from the dysregulation conversation is that our wisdom is in our physical body. But for a lot of reasons, we've stepped out of allowing those sensations to rise, the feelings to rise. Um, and we're in our heads all the time. Now, this is a very masculine way of being is the thinking all the time, whereas the feminine is the physical body. So a lot of what 
ultimately I like to see happen when I'm having the conversation about nervous system regulation. And that is, are you in a hyper state, a hyper aware state, a hyper vigilant state, a stress state of being all the time? Because what happens, it gets switched on and then it doesn't shut back off. And we have to kind of reverse engineer peace um, by the physical body. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, um, you know, how do you go about regulating a dysregulated nervous system? So, but for a woman, we need to get back into the physical selves because this is our connection to the ancestors. It's our connection to the earth. It is our creation center, our bodies. And um, the hyper-masculinization of the feminist eras, that has disallowed that for a lot of women. So now we're going backwards, actually returning to our natural state. It's not really going backwards, is it? Um, and, and getting more into the physical body. It's the embodiment practices. So I do talk about that a lot. And, um, you know, the podcast is a fun little tidbit. I started in 2016. So I've been doing it a long time. Uh, I'd never listened to a podcast before. I think I was about my 10th episode or so before I actually listened to somebody else's podcast to find out what they were doing. And uh, at the time I was uh, so busy running my clinic that I just didn't have the time to go out and do the lectures that I had been doing for so many years before that, for 10 years or so before that. And so I thought, well, this is cool. Like I can just record a little tidbit and maybe some people in my neighborhood will listen and maybe some new new patients will come to the clinic for it. You know, I was thinking, it would, would it be a marketing thing or or what? I did not expect it to have the... Um, the impact that it has. Uh, I'm, I just released the 114th episode this morning. Congratulations. So yeah, thank you. It's been really fun. I've so enjoyed it and having, uh, that deep connection to my community, to my listeners. I love it. It makes me so happy. It comes through. I'm a, I am a subscriber. And as I mentioned in the introduction, it's one of my favorite go-to podcasts. I just love following women like you and you just deliver so much consistent value it's always something really interesting and just so well prepared you can just tell like well I don't know you certainly don't seem like you're ever winging any of it like it's just so nicely put together and yeah it just really comes through and always I always get something out of it and and I just think you have the most beautiful voice anyway Oh, thank just, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's another blessing for you is your, your, your name, your voice. Yeah. Many, many blessings <laughs> is a beautiful thing that, to uh, witness. Thank you. And, you know, let's get into just a little more nit and gritty on that, because I'd love for you to get into the relationship between like the inverse relationship between our natural feeling good, our mojo hormones, like the progesterone and the estrogen, and even the neurochemicals like serotonin and whatnot and the stress hormones and how it can be an inverse relationship, just so women and our listeners and viewers can wrap their brain around, okay, I get it. She's saying stress is not a good thing. It's going to produce more pre-menopause and menopause symptoms. But what exactly does that mean? Like what's happening? So for example, you feel stressed out, cortisol goes up. So it's killing your progesterone, which is going to kill your thyroid. Like, let's just kind of wrap our a quick little bow around what does that really look like in an everyday life as to what's happening in our bodies so we can really buy into why we need to control our stress so we don't have these physical symptoms 
Yeah. Well, I think the most important piece is that when a woman is in the process of perimenopause, which is 35 to 55. So the average time a woman, uh, reaches menopause is 51. And that means she's been 12 weeks without, or sorry, 12 months without a period. So I actually think we're going to start to see that number go up. We're going to, it's going to get, yeah, I think that's going to be part of the evolution that's happening, that's happening. But, you know, we've got these physical bodies that take much longer to evolve uh, than, you know, the mental body, if you will. Anyways. So we have, um, this perimenopausal period of time that women are typically symptomatic in. And it can start as early as 35, which a lot of women are not even aware of. For me, I can, looking back on it now at the age of 50, I can see that the symptoms really started for me at about 37 or 38. Yeah. And that was sort of the fallout of so many years of high stress, professional education, you know, all of that business. Right. So, One of the reasons why it's really, really important to manage the stress, which I'll talk about here in a minute, because I know it sounds so trite when when someone says, well, just manage your stress, please. Yeah. I have some strong words, which I will hold in my mouth. (laughs) It's like, sure, manage my stress. Sure. Lose 40 pounds. Sure. Make a million dollars. Like, right. Whatever. Just relax. It's like when people say, just relax. Oh, okay. Oh, don't, well, why didn't do I you want to punch that? them? Yeah, exactly. Oh, what a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> Done. I'm like, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why it's the most important is because our adrenal glands make um, the mother hormones, okay, for menopause and for stress. Now, let me explain that a little better. That's really a very simplified version. So when we stop ovulating regularly and all together at menopause, the progesterone production now translates to from ovaries to the adrenal glands. So the adrenal glands are our stress response glands. They're the fight or flight glands. They're the ones that make sure our muscles have all that they need to run. Our blood sugar gets um, uh, altered depending on what's uh, needed in terms of the stress response system, blood pressure, fluid balance, a bunch of other things. But also these hormones, um, the adrenal glands have the ability to regulate some of the hormones. And the mother hormone, which is called pregnenolone, once a woman has stopped ovulating, can either go, it can split, it splits into either cortisol stress response or progesterone which is the feminine balance okay so if you are continually pushing the stress response button then your body your brain because the brain is the software that commands the hardware of the body your brain is going to command so this is the hpa axis or the hypothalamic hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis okay so what's happening that's the stress response that's the hormonal uh, regulation uh, system what's happening is you're constantly pressing that stress button you're getting more cortisol and you're not getting the balance with the progesterone production So progesterone is a beautiful hormone. Uh, We know this. um, This is what makes women in their third trimester of pregnancy glow like they do because the skin. Yes, yes. And they look beautiful and their hair is thick. And And they're relaxed. Yes. You're not stressed out. You're relaxed. You're cool as a cucumber. 
because that uh, placenta makes about 700 milligrams of progesterone a day in the third trimester. It's a wow. huge amount. So I think about my own progesterone dose, which is 200 milligrams I take at bedtime to help me sleep. So it's a tiny amount compared to that. But yeah. Anyway, so this is where this comes from. We want that. It's the relaxing hormone. It helps us with GABA and the calming systems in the brain, et cetera. We really, really want that. But if we are, I think what happens, Amy, in our age is that we have not just, it's not just that we're randomly allowing stress, but we have habituated it. Yeah. So it's become a behavioral pattern for us that we get something back from. Right. So what I like to say when you have that moment of just relax, like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's what I like to say about that. You listen to the podcast. I know you've heard me say it. You can't control necessarily the stressors coming at you. But what you can control is how you react or respond to them. And so this is where the regulated nervous system comes in, because it turns out that that the person in the room with the most well-regulated nervous system wins. Okay. So what you want to be is the person who sets the thermostat for the energy in the room when you walk in. Yeah. Let Let your own energy be the gym with which others figure out their own elevation rather than being the thermometer for whatever's already happening in the room. Now, we have all known people like that, that when they walk in the room, everybody looks. And it's not about whether they're good looking or smart or well-dressed. It's an energetic thing. So that's what a regulated nervous system looks like in a woman. It's irresistible. But that feels a little hard to reach for those of us you know, that are floundering around in the menopausal symptoms going like, please, I just want to have a good night's sleep to hell with this regulated nervous system business. Yeah. So this is the argument for, um, if you will, for having those tools in your toolkit that will um, allow you to get into the state that you wish to feel. So the embodiment tools would be, you know, to do the shake to do a dance party of one, you can invite other people if you want to, to meditate, to exercise, don't do it for any other reason that it just makes you feel calm and at peace. And you get all those beautiful neurotransmitters and hormones that just settle the whole system. Um, A walk in nature will do that. Uh, We had a beautiful intention prayer before we started. That's a great way to regulate a nervous system. Like it literally doesn't need much. For me, one of my favorite things is if I just, just hold my chest. That's, that releases the same hormones as getting a hug from somebody else. Really? Yes. Yes. And you could actually do a hug to yourself. Physically hug yourself. I've done that before. I physically have like, like, like soothed myself, like rubbed my own shoulders, like they're there. You yes, it's beautiful. Calm you. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. rub your arms just yeah. like your and your hands yeah. just like you were putting some yeah. really nice lotion on. Uh-huh. This is a lovely soothing thing to do. So there's lots of neurological uh, feedback between the forearm and hands and the brain. Yeah. 
So anything with the forearms and hands, uh, this is a very stiff. So I'm just rubbing my forearms and I'm just rubbing my hands just slowly together. It's a very calming, a very soothing thing. Now, another thing I like is just swaying. So if now I'm in a, I'm in a chair that I can sway in. So I'm just kind of rocking back and forth, but I can also rock this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forward and back. It's whatever feels good. Actually forward and back feels really good today. Another thing I like is uh, that I find very soothing is when I'm doing my stretching on my yoga mat at night, I lay face down and I, you know, do whatever I have to, to get my neck comfortable, whichever way I want to turn. And then I just rock my hips slowly back and forth. Yeah. Now that is a somatic yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It feels so good. Um, and when I first started doing it, I could be there for 20 or 30 minutes because it felt so good. I was discharging so much. And what I love about these tools, Amy, is that we're not rehashing our trauma. We're not reliving our pain. We're not talking through the situation we're just discharging it from our energetic and physical body. And I think that is a a beautiful practice. And I'm very happy. I've been talking about these things for years, but I'm very happy to see that a lot of people are talking about them these days too. I'm not the only one. So powerful and so simple and so free. I mean, come on, this is, we're talking about no biohacking, no gadgets needed. You don't need to order on Amazon, something else you don't need. It's like, just get on the floor, breathe, get into your body. I mean, what better thing is to get on the ground, which is associated with longevity, by the way, getting up and down off the ground. Oh, yes. Isn't that yeah. fascinating yeah, isn't too, that right? Neat? Yeah. The strength, that's, yes. That's a very cool thing. Like literally just for those not knowing what the heck I'm talking about, it's just being able to literally get all the way down on the ground and all the way up to your feet without grabbing onto a chair or any kind of assistance using bending joints and muscles and all of those biomechanics and all those joints involved is actually associated with longevity. So I actually started a little practice uh, when I first learned of that actually um, years ago that now I always put on my shoes on the ground and sometimes it's a big pain in the butt. And, you know, I have, I now have three dogs and sometimes it's not really a good idea, depending on my outfit to get on a dirty floor. Yep. (laughs) But it's one of these little like mental agreements. And maybe you can talk to us about that because I know you're a big fan of self-care and how important that is. And particularly for women who feel very guilty about it, um, that, that one of my agreements is these are the, like some of the things that I'm just going to do every day that will add up to big things when I tell myself I don't have time for the big things. But but these little things are going to be significant over time, and they have been. And you know what it, I've learned too, Dr. Lovely, is that they are they're my way of honoring myself and not betraying myself and valuing myself by not telling myself I don't have time for something that literally will take three minutes. I mean, come on, Amy, like you don't have time to do this? You know, like it's one thing to say I don't have time to work out for an hour, you know, five, six days a week. But it's another thing to say, I don't have five minutes to do this. Like, okay, we really got to look at what's truth here and what kind of quality of life do you have, you know? I do, I do. Well, to talk about the getting up off the floor thing, yeah. I think um, not only is it keeping all of the the pelvic and low back and lower extremity um, 
muscles, tendons, nerves, all of that activated, but it's keeping it limber because we know for women, if we have a fall and break a hip, we are, we are much more likely to pass away from the experience in the, the 12 months after we've broken a hip. Yeah. It takes our, it takes the risk of dying way up. So the idea behind it is you, you're activating those muscles, you're keeping them limber. And, um, one of the great things you can do for that too, is, is squatting. Sure. Yeah. The king of all exercises, the squat. It really is. Should be doing it every day when you go to the bathroom. That is a squat that, you know, like that's supposed, at least supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the most unglamorous explanation like ever, but I think it's important. Good. I am Give it to us. Okay. I'm a cat mom. So I have uh, the, the scooping the litter box is a pink job in our house. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. We yep. like big dogs. So it's okay that the dog scooping is my husband's job. Anyway. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's a big job. <laughs> it is a big job. And yep. so um, I have, at, at, when I scoop the litter box, I squat for a long period of time as I'm in there scooping, right? Because if you know this, you're bent over and then it hurts your back. So at some point when I was a much younger woman, I figured out a squat was far more comfortable. And in a strange way, I've been doing training it's awesome. I mean, think of how many squats you're now doing in a week, but that's exactly to my point, Dr. Lovely. Like yes. these are the ways we fit in wellness and self-care as a lifestyle. These are the ways we fit them in. These, yeah. these silly little, little things that aren't the official, nice. yeah, the, the fancy official, you know, 20 minute hit workout and all this stuff, which is great. But this is, this is real lifestyle stuff that does add up to something that means something. Well, I think uh, as we get older, the high intensity interval training exercises are very good for our brain, but we don't have to do nearly as much of it as we think. So true. It's that. not like when we were 25 or 30 and just trying to fit into a dress. Okay. We don't want to exercise like that anymore anyways. And what the research is showing us now for those women like you and I in, in midlife is that we want to do more strength training. We want to be building muscles. And mobility. And so, yes, and, and mobility. You got it. So um, we can build these little things into our day-to-day. -day. You sit on the floor to put your shoes on. I squat to put my shoes on. So again, it's whatever works. But when I'm getting up off my yoga mat every night, sometimes I'm like grown you know, there's, there's a whole lot of groaning and other things happening. Oh, trust I'm like, me. I'm groaning plenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like, should I hang on to the edge of the bed to do it? I'm like, nope, you're not. You're going to jump up on your toes or you're going to, you know, depending on the status of my SI joint at the time, it yeah, may be a yeah, jump up yeah, or not, yeah, yeah. but it turns out these things are actually just really important. And yes. over time they make such a big difference, but yes. while you're down there, do your, do your stretching for sure but you can also regulate your nervous system. So one of the things we're learning uh, sort of anew, if you will, or really putting attention to it is the musculoskeletal syndrome of menopause, which is the essentially what happens to our physical tissues um, <clears throat> with the decline of estrogen in particular. 
And so a lot of women find they get to their forties and all of a sudden their back hurts all the time or their feet hurt, or they're, they've all of a sudden got wrist injuries or their neck is sore all the time. Well, it turns out this is actually a symptom of menopause. This is a deficiency of estrogen problem. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. So a decline of the tissues from estrogen. Estrogen is a lubricator. Whether we're talking about eyes, who hasn't, I mean, in Alberta here, it's dry AF. So we have dry eyes and all kinds of other things, right? Um, Actually, it's similar to Denver in that way. Um, Very dry there too, right? We get the Chinook winds that come in and dry everything out. So dry eyes, dry vagina, which people do typically associate with menopause, which is fine, but it's also drying out those tissues, which is why all of a sudden you, 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 you hurt, you're sore. You get the achy joints. It totally makes sense. Totally. I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, well, everything is systemic. So obviously, yeah. I mean, Amy, funny. are you telling me it's time for me to do a podcast episode on that? I sure am. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm going to give you a whole list of topics I'd love for you Please to tell do. us about. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's wow. Well, you're always ahead of the curve anyway, with things like, you know, like being a mind reader, just stuff like that. Like, you know, things that we've probably all been experiencing or thinking about, but we never connected the dots. And then someone like you comes along and then we're like, well, of course that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if it's drying out this part of my body, why wouldn't it be drying out that? Why isn't it all related? So um Okay, so bringing estrogen into balance, and I know you've also talked about, as I have, the the influence of phytoestrogens like the soys and the flax and the chia, and then, of course, the plastics and the air fresheners and the scented candles and all these things that are wreaking havoc with our internal estrogen. But what are some other ways that we can help help our tissues be more fluid and moist to help? offset this other than taking like HRTs and, and uh, creams and stuff. Is there anything else we can do just lifestyle wise? Yeah, certainly. So number one thing is most people are dehydrated. So boo, if you're not drinking half your body weight in ounces every day, you're dehydrated. And chances are when you start drinking, I know I've got, I've got my (laughs) variety of beverages. Mm -hmm. There's even an extra one over here, there. (laughs) Awesome. So this is, uh, it's so important, right? And, and here's what starts to happen for women uh, at our age is that we start to have troubles with our bladders and we leak or we sneeze and we pee a little bit. So what happens is women stop drinking water because they think if their bladder isn't full and it's like, whoa, trust me, that is not the way to do it. So Uh, First of all, if that is you, it is extremely common. It's two thirds of us um, by the age of uh, somewhere in our forties, we're starting to have potentially some issues, either leaking uh, urine or having a little sneeze and a pee or a cough and a pee or whatever. There's different versions of it. Find yourself a pelvic floor physio in your area. Um, There's more and more of them all the time. It's, uh, It's great stuff. So number one, it's not just about your Kegels. The Kegels could be making it worse. Yes. So, yep. Can be also be food allergies too, like uh, leaky gut, like turning off your pelvic floor and your internal stabilizing system because it's a reflex from your gut. Yes. So it can be turning off your stabilizers. So you get to dial in that diet and get, a, get rid of all the crap. Absolutely. Yes. And I've seen um, 
things like mold and Lyme show up in uh, bladder symptoms as well. But while we're on the topic of bladder symptoms, let me just put this out here because this is kind of a PSA. I'm, I'm beating this drum as much as I can. If you're a woman that has urinary incontinence and you have repeat UTIs, please go talk to your doctor about getting vaginal cream estrogen. That is the appropriate treatment for repeat UTIs. If you have an acute infection, you have to be treated with antibiotics, but the preventative is vaginal estrogen. Okay. So it's a tiny amount of estrogen, but it makes a huge difference. I use this myself. I can tell you it is glorious. I want to bathe in it. It's fantastic. Really very, very good stuff. I like it. So anyways, it is a tiny amount. Don't worry about it. If you're somebody that's not interested in hormones, let me tell you that if you added up um, the amount that you would use if, of the cream every day for a year, it would make for one birth control pill. Wow. It's a tiny amount. And it just makes all the tissues more, more healthy. Also, if you're having problems with painful intercourse, this is another remedy for this, yeah. or you're just finding that the tissues of the vulva and vagina for you are just getting very fragile, maybe itchy, maybe dried out. I'm telling you vaginal estrogen, the bomb. No kidding. Yeah. Is it a long-term thing or short-term? As long as it feels good. Okay. So not to kind of go totally, but what about the emotional component of that? Like, I'm just going to go there, like wrong part. Yeah. Like wrong partner, like, or just, you know what, you know, how our, all our biggest erogenous zone is our brain, right? Particularly for women and, you know, romance and foreplay starts not in the bedroom, just in the little things in your life together. Yeah. So what about when the woman just, I don't know, there's animosity, there's hurt, there's frustration, there's whatever. So we're dry because you know, all that love, sexiness, hotness is gone that, because there's been some water under the bridge. What, wh how can you help us with that? You know, getting, 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 getting lubricated from the brain <laughs> when it's emotional, you know? Yes. And, uh, this is a great thing for you to bring up because it's difficult to talk to your doctor about these things. And, yeah. you know, as somebody who's counseled women on the passage of menopause and the symptoms of menopause, including things like painful intercourse, um, and low libido. That's the yes. question I get asked a lot. And my first response to that is, do you still feel connected to your partner? Because the thing is, you can throw every patch and cream yes. and Viagra and vibrator and lube and everything else at it. But we take our partners into our bodies, inside our bodies. So frankly, if the, if the, if the connection isn't there, that's a pretty difficult thing to pull off. And that's why I ask, because it's like so much lifestyle you can do, but when there's really something emotionally, a barrier, that's just turning your body off in your spirit, you, you know, we got to address that, right? Because you're just, you're really, like you said, there's no cream that's going to make it work. I mean, you could physically do it, but it's certainly not going to be what it could be or should be, yeah. or you'd want it to be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, quite often what I say to the ladies that are here is, you know, is there a conversation you need to have with your partner? Do you feel like, because the thing is our interest in sex absolutely changes with our hormones in our forties and fifties. And so, um, 
it's foolish for us to think that we are going to maintain it. It does happen sometimes, but I think the the problem there is that we are comparing ourselves to the male libido. Yep. Right. And, and TV so, and movies and yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's Hollywood. It's it's Instagram. Like which is masculine, sh- which is absolutely. a masculine idea of sex. <laughs> and they're only showing you the good stuff, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how many women at the age of let's say perimenopause would actually prefer to have sex that doesn't include penetration. Yeah. I'm going to guess there's a lot of us. Wow. But is that even part of the conversation? It's not. Yeah. No. It's becoming part of the conversation, but slowly, but the truth is sex education for our generation was the shits. It was terrible. I mean, we learned how this is if we were in public school, Catholic school, depending on the system, the where you were, you may not have even gotten any um, or it was abstinence. Um, That's right. It was don't do it because yeah. you're because you're being watched and you will burn in hell unless you're married. Period. Oh my God. Like oh, as if that's we going to work. That's what we were told. Like, yeah. period. Like, wait till you're married. Or and if you get divorced once you're married, you are committing adultery and you're going to burn in hell. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's what. That's wow. what I was. It was pretty strict. Like scared. Scared the heck out of me. Is it any wonder that we have all kinds of baggage around sex? Well, I wasn't really going to go there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to heal that. Yeah. I mean, I've come a long way, but you know. But it sticks around, doesn't it? You know, I had a yeah. patient a few years ago. She was on the table and. Um, <clears throat> She said something to me about, well, I feel guilty all the time. And I said, well, guilty for what? And she said, well, because he died on the cross for us. Oh. And I, like this was a woman in her sixties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was blown away. Okay. I, I was not raised Catholic. Obviously I went to church as a kid, but not like that kind of situation. Uh-huh. Right. I literally was floored. I was like, do people really walk around yep. with this? I had no idea, yeah. Amy. Every I had day. No idea. Every day. I remember being a little girl going to sleep at night and looking up at the ceiling because God's always watching you, judging you, good and bad, good and bad. You're always judging you. Like you're never alone. Like I'd even go to the, I remember when I first got my period, the whole thing. Like I remember inserting tampons and stuff as a young girl yeah. when I was learning how to deal with periods. And being really ashamed to do that because God was watching me from the ceiling and touching myself. I mean, it was really, this is my own body that God made that my period was the most blessed sacred thing mm-hmm. based on my ancestors and the, 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 uh, female blood was a blood, right. It was considered the divine feminine wine of life that was put all over monuments and used in ceremony. And, and it, it was women's magic power. I mean, it was so revered and respected and honored and it's been completely turned around somewhere along the way to be dirty, the curse, to be shameful, to be a pain in the butt and all this stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, how did it get so literally 360? Yeah. Wow. But, but hopefully it's coming back because we're starting to understand that. The importance I hope of it. so. I hope so. I mean, I think it's all part of the learning that we are having right now. That is about, um, you know, the patriarchal systems, the paternalistic systems, the 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 great um, institutions that made rules that 
gave us frameworks to be good little workers. Yeah. So now we're moving away from that and we're able to sort of reclaim sovereignty, if you will. Yeah. Uh, something that really woke me up too as a practitioner was, uh, you know, lots of times I've done uh, fertility um, counseling. And um, one of the best ways to know whether your body is uh, ripe for pregnancy is to check your cervical mucus. So, but that's not the same secretions that are available on the outside of the body. The cervical mucus is very specific. So you have to, you have to get to your cervix in order to get it. Uh, fingertip. It feels like the end of your nose. It really does. I tried it out once. I was like, hmm, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Okay. <laughs> that's what your cervix feels like. Exactly like the end of your nose. So that's how you know you're there. But, um, I had a, a, a young female come in for counseling and, and I asked the partner to be there, um, because you know, it's important. You guys are doing this together. Here's some tips kind of thing. And she said to me, uh, I said, well, you need to check your cervical mucus. You should do it for a few months just so you start to chart, you know, which days you're ovulating on because it's different for all of us and that sort of thing. And she said to me, she said, I do not feel comfortable finding my own cervical mucus. She admitted it so you could help yep, her. Yep, she yeah. did. And yeah. again, it was an eye-opening experience for yeah. me. Um, and what was amazing was her partner in the room said, I'll do it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. We'll do it together. Yeah. I know. I'm, they're very much still together. They were newly married at that yeah, point. And they've that's got a good three sign. kids now. So good sign. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good. Glad somebody's a success story. Yeah. Isn't this incredible how disconnected we get from our bodies, but I'm so encouraged Dr. Lovely, because I feel like we're coming back. And, you know, we started the show today with you talking about how the feminine is the embodiment, that getting in touch with the body and everything we're talking about. I really like to bring the good news for people that, yeah, okay, maybe it's been that way, but hey, let's reclaim it. You know, and I've, I've heard you, you had a great show on feminine power and talking about how women have been not comfortable with being powerful. We It was considered to be unattractive to have a female be powerful because she'd be a bitch or, or, or gruff or unattractive or, you know, rude or selfish. God forbid we'd be called selfish as women, oh, you know? Right. That's like the, the S word, you know? Yep. <laughs> so do you have any thoughts on just kind of, you know, trying to bring the good news for people? Like, how can we be more powerful in our bodies? How can we you know, do the self-care without guilt and feel more love and more embodiment of, of our, of ourselves, of just getting to, I know, I know you, you're a big fan of, you know, getting a mirror and looking at your own body parts. Cause a lot of us don't, we, you have a whole show on telling us what our body parts are, you know, in our genitals. And cause a lot of women don't know, cause we weren't taught, but, and I, this is part of why I love your work because you're going there with such practical important stuff so do you have any thoughts on that on on trying to like how to, yeah, yeah like just becoming more powerful in ourselves our own our own bodies our own gifts our own miracles and our own our own abilities i sure do thank you for asking so first thing you know especially as the follow-up to this conversation we've just had is that if you do not feel comfortable with your body or you're experiencing guilt or you're experiencing um, the shame that can come with a feminine body. 
The first thing you have to understand is you have been sold a faulty bill of goods. That is not true. I want you to, and if you're listening to me and you're like, eh, I'm not sure, just close your eyes and feel connected to the earth. Feel like you have cords of light shooting out the bottom of your feet that go deep into the earth. Feel grounded in mother nature. And then hear what I'm going to say. And if it doesn't feel right for you, that's fine. Move on. It's all good. But if it does, I want you to hear the truth in what I'm saying. The feminine body is the creation space for human beings. We are literally the creators of the physical self. We make the babies. We nourish the babies. We give birth to the babies. And with the exception of the original sperm that makes for the fertilization, we do that entirely ourselves. That power scares the shit out of the establishment. That's right. They've always tried to control it. They have always tried to control it. They do it through religion. They do it through education. They do it through politics. Right. And now medicine and medicine with uh, vaccinations. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You got that right. You have more power in the United States if you have a gun than if you have a uterus. How the hell did that happen? Wow. Doesn't that give you shivers? I never thought about it like that, but it's true. Yeah. Breaks my heart. Actually, it breaks my heart. Anyways, so let's bring it back to the oh. power. So if you're ever feeling like you are disempowered or you're in the guilt or you're in the shame, recognize that it is not your own. That is a message that was delivered to you by your community, by your society. And it's okay to see it as somebody else's. You don't have to blame them. They're just a part of the system too. And you can literally just choose to put it down and say, what is new and truth for me? And I promise you the answer to that question is not inside your head or your thinking. It's in your body. It's in your gut. It's in your heart. So if you're not sure whether something is truth for you or not, do one of the embodiment exercises that we talked about at the beginning of this talk, a big beginning of this call, this, this chat, and, and then go back into that space and say, what am I feeling shame about? What am I feeling guilty about? Selfishness was one of the ways they kept us small as women. They kept us small and powerless. Because as mothers, we give away what we, what we, we give away our time and our energy all the time. It's part of our biology. That's okay. But then it gets hijacked for other things. That's BS. And you do not need to perpetuate that for yourself. So if you can recognize in yourself that that is not your truth, it's somebody else's programming that you picked up when you were a child, because frankly, we're defenseless when we're kids against this kind of stuff. We're just, we're just open. We're just absorbing everything in our environment. So this is how you start to reclaim your power. If you're still cycling, if you still have menstrual cycle, whew, there's power in there, mamacita right? Chart your cycles. Start to recognize when you have the energy and when you do not. 
For me, I'm still cycling. So if I, anytime I get asked to do a big talk or I'm being brought into a program somewhere, I'm launching a program. First thing I do is look at my calendar to see if it's my, the week that I'm bleeding. If it is that week, nobody gets to interact with me on that week, unless it's, you know, patients in the clinic, which is fine. I'm used to that at this point, but no big energy, no big outputs. No, I'm not going horseback riding or swimming with my cute little Tampax and my white shorts. What a bunch of horse shit. Maybe <laughs> I got kind of excited there. <laughs> just plug in a tampon and keep going. Can That's what imagine? we're told. That's just keep going. You keep going. Yeah. Actually, one of the biggest, um, things that I learned, one of the things that helped me most about my body and my cycle was at some point in my perimenopause, I found that sometimes I just didn't want to use a tampon. My body just would, didn't even want it. So it was like, okay. And this is, I've come to find out fairly common. So for the first yeah. time in my forties, since when I was 13, when I started cycling and was using a pad for about six months or so, I went back to pads. Thank God they're much better than they were back then. But just to be able to actually have the experience of feeling my flow was very empowering. Right. Yeah. So wow. if you have pelvic pain, I'm going to invite you, if whoever's listening, if you have pelvic pain, try just using a pad. Nothing inserted. I never thought about that, but it's so true. I mean, that's like back in the day, men would wear kilts and skirts to help the flow and the connection of the ground earth energies with their bodies. Mm -hmm. That was the reason to keep that open air circulation. Oh, so you and I both know they were just airing their balls out. Oh, well, probably. Well, you know what? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I just thought of something quite rude, but it, you probably <laughs> know where I was going to go with that. So, uh, but, but it makes sense to your point. I never thought of it that, yes, it's supposed to flow out. That's the whole idea is the flow, not to stop it like a plugging a dam. Yeah. I never that's thought right. of it. Wow. Yeah. That's right. It's just like I had the experience of um, using it. By the way, hormonal birth control for women is yeah. a godsend and not a perfect thing for a lot of women. A yeah. lot of us just can't tolerate those high levels of hormones, even on a low dose pill. And I was one of them. That's how I ended up being interested in women's health as educating myself really? um, and then sort of got pulled into doing it professionally, I guess, um, uh, no mistakes there for sure. But, um, birth control pill made me feel terribly, terribly sick. I was nauseous. I was a bitch. And I thought, well, nobody's going to want to have sex with me. And here's the funny part. <laughs> I thought this is what you're supposed to do. Cause then, you know, you get to have sex without a condom and all of this, but you know, we miss the magic in the hormones and the experiences that we have. So start to educate yourself about your cycle. Um, recognize where in your cycle you're having um, the best energy or maybe the lowest energy, or maybe you need more food or maybe you need less food or maybe you need more sleep etc. Start to educate yourself. That's very powerful. Now, if you're past cycling years, then start to connect your energy with the, the phases of the moon. So we are today recording this on the Capricorn new moon, which is a big deal. Today is a big energetic portal. It's January 11th. So 111. It's Planets a big are deal. behind us. Yes, exactly. The, hopefully the crazy craziness is behind us, but um, I guess humans are always uh, <laughs> entitled to have that experience. But anyways, um, so start to become aware 
of where your body, where your energy fits in with the moon cycles. And um, probably one of my favorite resources on this is a book called Do Less by Kate Northrup. Oh my gosh, I know her. Do you? Oh, of course. The Northrup's uh, Annie and Dr. Christian. Yes. 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 Yep. yep. I, I can thank Dr. Christian for showing up on the Oprah show when I was a kid yeah. for the work that I do. No kidding. Yep. Yeah, she's she's one of, she's one of my mentors too. Always has been an incredible incredible pioneer. Yep. Yep, yep, absolutely. I got to meet her in 2017 quite accidentally and I fangirled so hard I couldn't say a word to her. I just bawled my eyes out. It was so ridiculous. Like the That's only awesome. other person on this she's planet. She's used to I, it. Oh, <laughs> God, cuz I felt like a damn fool. I couldn't even properly thank her for being the goddess that she is. Oh, wow. Um You'll have another chance when you come to our retreat. You, you oh know. gosh, just yep. Don't don't tease me like that now. Come on. <laughs> Dr. Awesome. Northrup is amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm so grateful for her because um I grew up in a very um British household. So we just didn't talk about sex. It was yep. just not discussed. Same. And we certainly didn't talk about women's bodies. And nope. thankfully, Dr. Northrup was on Oprah when I was a kid. And I paid attention. Mm -hmm. There was same, truth for me. Same, same here. I feel the same way. Like she, yeah, just uh, another, I always say we, we need these strong role models. And when you find them, hang on to them and follow them, Yes, you know, because, absolutely. and I think, you know, they're becoming with all the mediums that we're having with the, with the, with the exodus away from mainstream media, like ABC, CBS, and, you know, now we got telegram and, um, you know, all these WhatsApp app, whatever it is, like all these other uh, free speech channels that people are finding. We're finding these people that weren't given microphones, that weren't given the platforms, weren't given the voice. Um, the challenge is a lot of them are just too busy doing the thing and they're not out there promoting the thing. Um, I mean, I know even myself, like my team is always on me for like personal selfies and more of my personal life stuff, but it's like, I'm living, like, I'm not going to, I'm not the person who's going to stop and go, wait, let's take a selfie. Like I'm in it, you know, but that's my, I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I get that, get that all the time. My podcast, uh, yeah. agents just last week said you need to do some more social media. I'm like, dude, yep. yeah, I'm it's living. Not, like, I, it, uh, yeah. you and I remember the world before the internet. Right. Whereas I think yeah, I do too. Easier than <laughs> it, was. Yeah. it was. It wasn't somewhere. as it wasn't as frantic. I know you've you've used the term several times, hypervigilant, and I know I've heard that a lot too. It's so talking about deregulating our nervous system. You know, it's because we're just uh, we're just ramped up because we're never off. It's never yeah. off. We're yes. never off. That's right. You know, and it's right. not. And to your point about the moon cycle, which I love, I did a great show on getting in sync with the moon rhythms and women are really starting to understand. I mean, that's where menses comes from. It's the moon. That's the root of the word is moon. And it was always around the moon. And um, so I'm just so grateful. We're kind of getting back to that, to that wisdom, which, which I love. And, you know, one of my favorite things here, as we get toward the end, you've got so many uh, wonderful little snippets of gold. I like to call them uh, Fiona isms. And uh, one of my favorite is you say, we can either choose love or fear. We can choose healing or sick, and we can choose growing or stressed, but we can't be both. And I love how you say choose. Can you just kind of get into a little detail of how it's one of the other of those two things? Because I think 
It's just so simple and so true. Yeah. So again, it comes back to that modulation of stress. I mean, stress is going to come in, but how we react to it, that's the thing we have control of. So when something comes at you, you get to choose, I mean, to take it to a course in miracles, you get to choose love or fear, right? You can't have both. So boo, which one are you going to pick? Now we have, um, we have a world that wants to make us afraid. So you have to recognize that and say, but that's not my truth. And it's okay. You can be loving in that space. And I think that's really, really important to recognize. And that's what I mean by choosing it. Actually, actively going, how, who do I want to be? And how do I want to respond? You can take a pause before you respond. Absolutely. Every single time. And I think what you'll find when you start to become aware of your patterns, Mm -hmm. what you'll find is that you're reacting habitually based on past experience for 98% of what comes at you on a daily basis. And then when you see that, that's so powerful. You can choose in that moment to be the highest version of yourself. Remember, be the one who sets the tone in space, in the experience. Be the one. We can do that. That is our ultimate power. And remember, for women, it comes from the body. It does not come from thinking. It's not here. It's here. So if you're feeling like you're spinning, do something to get yourself into your physical body. This is where your power is. Such important, right on the money advice. Completely agree. I love it so much. Okay. So thank you. This has been incredible. Uh, I, of course, I have so many other things I'd love to talk to you about. Perhaps you can come back because uh, there's just so much richness in, in helping women. Maybe what we'll do is we'll let people digest this and we can circle back on some other topics. Go a little Amy, deeper. I would love to. Yeah. Yes, Thank I would love so to come much. back. You bet. Thank you. This has just been, well, it's everything I had expected it to be and of course more. So, But do you have any kind of final thoughts to make you feel kind of complete with our discussion today? Well, I think um, there's a lot of new information out there for women. And I think it's really important that we listen to our instinct on what truth is for us, because we've all got a different opinion of what works. So depending on what resonates with you, pay attention to that. If somebody who's a big fancy expert walks into the room and you think what they're saying is just a bunch of bunk, it's totally okay for you to leave the room and find a different room. So remember that as you're consuming, because this is what we are, we're in a, we're in an era of consuming Um, information is the big one. It comes at us so hot and fast, get into your body, allow your body to tell you what is the right way to go. And I think that's really, really important. Of course, you can find out more about my work on my website, which is drlovely.com. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Dr. Fiona Lovely. And on Facebook, it's at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast, which is the name of the podcast, Not Your Mother's Menopause. Such a great show. Thank you. Get into your body and let your body tell you the way and show you the way. Yeah, it, it will never lie to you. It will never and, lie and to you. And if you can't hear what it's saying, just start because you will. You just have to get, you have to drop your awareness. And what I always tell people is, 
close your eyes because that helps you literally go within because you turn out the external and breathe and just drop your your conscious awareness down your neck into your body and just just kind of visualize yourself opening like a flower and softening like ice melting Mm -hmm. visualize that melting softening because that's the feminine allowing things to just blossom and then you'll start to cultivate what am I feeling? Because I, what I found is a lot of people are afraid to feel, which is why they don't. Because oh, yeah. they, they, they don't want to feel the hurt. They don't want to feel the pain. They, they're afraid they'll get lost in it and they can't recover and they'll lose control. Um, so that's a whole other discussion maybe, but that's yes. where support is comes in. And I know you're a big fan on getting support, you know, and getting a mentor or a tribe, women's circles. You have women's groups as well as I do. Um You know, there's people like us out there that want to be together to help each other because there's a reason why uh, support groups work because we there's power and community and shame exists in secret. And when Mm -hmm. you share your story and and actually get it out, it's part of the healing medicine and you realize you're not alone. And then all of a sudden you can alchemize it to something beautiful. Yeah, you have said that so well. And the truth is women have been healing in community for millennia. Yeah, that's what we, we just do. thought we had to be separate for about the last 100, yeah. 200, 300, 400 Which years. Which is a nanosecond. Like that's yeah. not how it's been. That's what, that's what kills me. Women don't realize women had been in power. The word queen comes from owner of the land. Yeah. Like that's the, the root of the word queen is land owner. Like women were powerful at a time and not even necessarily more powerful than men. In some societies they were, but equal, different, but equal, different, but equal. And that was important. It hasn't always been this way. No. And just, I think just knowing that alone is powerful. Like, so wait a powerful. minute. Because when you know it, you can go, wait a minute, maybe that's not true. Yeah. And then you can attune to something different, which again, your body is going to be the best. This is how women, we feel our way forward. We don't think our way forward, but we've been taught to think. Is that a Fiona-ism? Did I just do a Fiona-ism? You just got a brand new one launched today on Awakening Aphrodite. (laughs) Feel our way forward. I'm writing it down. Feel our way forward. Yep. And we've forgotten, we've gotten out of the practice of it. So you're absolutely right. If you, if you're not sure how to do it, it's just a muscle you have to practice, boo. I had to do it too. When I started to learn that my body had all the information and it's okay to just be like, I'm not sure how to do this. It's okay to be a neophyte at it, but there's so many of us on uh, social media, on podcasts, talking about how to start to gain that truth. We feel our way forward. Let's feel our (laughs) way forward for the rest of this day. Dr. Fiona Lovely, amazing. This has been such a fantastic show. I know you dropped a lot of wisdom and knowledge that's going to really help my audience. Thank you so very much. It is absolutely my pleasure. It's so beautiful to be in a conversation with someone like you, Amy, that is really just plugged into the goddess. So thank you for bringing this to me today and to your listeners. I'm grateful. Thank you.
Oh, great spirit. Thank you everyone for being part of this walk with us together. And we hope to see you all in person. Please check out Dr. Lovely's amazing offerings. They'll be in the show notes and uh, hopefully you'll see her live at one of my next in-person events. And you just jump on my email list to be notified of when they'll start up. Okay, everyone over and out from uh, Aphrodite headquarters. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier. And I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.